Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. There'd be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they managed things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and very warm welcome. Here we are back again with Learning From Life. I'm Linda Sage and as always I have an amazing guest. I know I say this every week but every week it's true. They just are amazing in their own right. And joining me today is a gentleman and I think he has got one of the brightest smiles I've ever seen in my life. He is so warm and welcoming. So uh, Baba, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Linda, and thanks for the great introduction about the smile. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing on all of your pictures. And also, you're doing a lot of work with um, a work-life balance, especially for dads. And I know that male mental health is a big, big issue because guys just don't like to talk about it very much. That's absolutely correct. Uh, Most of the time, uh, we believe we know what we're doing. We believe we're in control. And we sometimes don't ask for help early enough, which has happened to me as well. Hence the reason I'm focusing on that. Yeah, unfortunately, most of us work within areas that we've fallen down ourselves and uh, the big black holes. By the time we get back out of them, uh, we've learned several lessons. Absolutely. And I do believe the warning signs, just like a car, you have the warning lights going on. But I think especially for men, we feel, oh, we just need to keep going. If I can get onto that next goal, that next target, and then I'll come back to it, which we don't do with our cars, but we end up doing with ourselves. And Mm. it's not a great place to be. Yeah, very true. Right, let's just go to go back to the very beginning because obviously listeners don't know who you are. And Baba is an easy option for me because you've got a name that is a really tongue twister to be able to say. So, what's your full introduction? Okay, thank you, Linda. My name is Baba Tunji Fagbungwe. So, and where are you from? I'm originally from Nigeria. I moved to the UK about 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So so how was young life for you in Nigeria? Young life was amazing. It was great. I believe my parents gave us the best that they could. And one of the things, well, a few things that they zeroed in on were making sure you do very well in your studies and working very hard, which meant when I left school, um, getting a job was not too difficult. And as a result of working hard, I was able to manage my way and rise quickly, um, multiplying my income by 60 in a period of seven years. And it was when I got there, I thought "Mm, there was no place to push myself into. Let me go find out what else lies out there which led to my coming to the UK. And so I found myself in the UK 13 years ago. 
I mean, that, that must have been quite a big step as well because it's a completely different culture and completely different way of life. So coming to the UK and just starting afresh, that must have been quite challenging. It was challenging, but I was not married then. I was just about to get married. There were no children. So to that extent, that made it a little easier on me than if... Um, there was a family going on and more people depending on me. So because of that, it made it a little easier. But yes, it was challenging. Um, there was a bit of culture shock in some of the different ways. Because growing up, I knew all of my neighbors. I knew everybody that I grew up on the street with. Christmas or um, any big event, you knew everybody around you. People were coming around. It was a big family thing. But then in the UK, I found out that was not the case. So that was one of the culture shocks that I went through. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that must have been a big change as well, because going from single to being married and then being in another country, that must have been quite tough for both of you. I think it was challenging, but we both made up our minds we were going to get our... We were going to get stuck in it and we were going to just do what we had to do. And um, so far, it's been great. That's what we've done. And it's been an interesting journey. Most of the goals that we set when, I mean, I didn't even have a car. When having a car was so one of the goals I said, but all of those things we've managed to sort of tick the boxes over the last number of years. Mm -hmm. And, and now you're a family man as well? Yes, um, we've got two wonderful children that keep us busy. <laughs> so was that a big change for you as well? I think it was something we were both looking forward to. So if anything, yes, it was a big change. But because it was something we were looking forward to, it was embraced and it was accepted fairly quickly. Mind you, it's quite surprising how one little person can dominate a whole household. Oh, they change everything, this living room, the everywhere, it's just their toys, it's one thing or the other. And if you've got to even go for a, a sleepover that you'll have just up and go before, now you have to think of them, you have to think of what you're packing. This was well before COVID anyway. Mm -hmm. So it just changes everything altogether. But we're very grateful to have them and um, wouldn't change change them for for the world no they're they're wonderful they're wonderful to have but i don't think anybody is prepared when they first come along How, however many books you read all the theory is great but in practice it's a different world totally and also because each child is different you can read as many books as you want to but each child has got a totally different temperament and even siblings you couldn't treat the second one the way you treated the first one because the second one's just got a totally different personality. So no matter how much book or studying you've, you've done, you've just got to learn as you go along. But the books at least help you to have some fundamentals in place. Um, Baba, I know you've been through quite a few changes. You're, how did you get into being an entrepreneur and going into business for yourself? That's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll start with a bit of background. Like I said, uh, my finances were ve doing very well. 
And then I left all of that because I'm someone that loves to challenge myself. And secondly, I do believe life should not be just about paying the bills. Um, once you'll see how far you can go, what you can do. So that was the first step that led me coming into the UK. And then when I came into the UK, I managed to rise through the ranks, um, found myself in leadership position, and then I started delivering trainings over all around the globe, like 10 countries in three continents. Then I went to Toastmasters to brush up my skills. Mm -hmm. As I did all of this, even though the job was doing very well, um, I found out I was not fulfilled. I found out there was something lacking. So I turned to entrepreneuring while still holding down a day job, went into property, went into e-commerce. While those did well as well, I found out they were not connecting the way I wanted them to connect. I still had like a vacuum. But mm -hmm. sometimes life happens to us and sometimes events unfold to lead us into what we really want to do. And the one of the significant events in my life was working on a job while still having these businesses where I was doing 60, 70, 80 hour week. And I found myself not sleeping for months, being irritable, all the classic signs of stress. But I kept going on, I kept going on because I wanted to just do very well and get to the top of the career ladder. And then one day I was called into a meeting and I was told I was being made redundant, which at that point seemed unfair. But looking back, it was one of the best things that happened to me because it helped me to do a reset, a recalibration of my life and turn things around. So that then led me to trying to find out how can I earn an income at the same time be there for my family. And that led me on the entrepreneurial journey, which is what I'm still doing today. It, it's funny, isn't it, that sometimes the decisions we think or the actions that happen that we think are, are terrible at the time actually become one of the biggest crossroads for us. That is so correct. And I think um, one of the things I do say sometimes is sometimes we need to make a decision. But if we don't make the decision, life makes the decision for us. And I think that was one of the things that happened in my case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. So how, I know again, in entrepreneurship, like most people, you haven't just been in one business and succeeded in one, you've dabbled in a few before finding the one that's right for you. That's correct. And I think, well, looking at my own example, it's a case of sometimes we need to crawl before we walk, before we run. And at the same time, we need to try different things for us to find what lights us up and i think that's what i will really say especially to the listeners because sometimes everybody's saying oh going to e-commerce going to online space going to this going to property but we're all very different we have different temperaments we have different personalities and what lights you up may not really be what lights me up so it's down to each individual to find out what really lights them up and to follow and pursue that passion of what really lights them up. 
And I, th I think that's a really great point as well, because, you know, very often people stay in in jobs or uh, trying to get a business going or relationships too long. It's about knowing that if this isn't right, it's OK that you pass on to something else and have a look at something else that might be better for you. That's very correct, Linda. And I think, well, I've been at a job that I walked away from it without having anything I was working into just because I knew it wasn't right for me. And I've been in businesses where it was not going the way I wanted it to go. But I'm not going to lie and say walking away was easy because part of me felt I've put in lots of hours, lots of money into this business. How can I just walk away from it? And sometimes we feel what will other people say. And I think that's one of the challenges of our present day trying to make ourselves fitting into the box that other people have created for us. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know particularly that although you're doing your business and you're building up a, a lifestyle, you don't stop learning either. Not at all, Linda. I believe strongly. So whatever I am today, whatever I have, I attribute to learning and um, studying. So because of that, I am not going to stop learning. I'm not going to stop studying. And I think the danger for us, especially people uh, maybe that are over 40, is sometimes we feel learning stops in school or because I'm not even in a professional space, I don't need to keep developing myself. I think that is so wrong because the world is advancing so quickly, so fast. The things that were relevant and accurate two years ago may not necessarily be the things that will work now. And that's why we cannot stop learning. Yeah, very much so. Lifelong learning for me, because everything you do when you're doing something new, I mean, even like with this, we, we, I thought it was a big learning curve doing the technology in um, a studio, a prepared studio, but then coming out and actually being able to do the, uh, the broadcast live or recorded, it was quite a learning curve as well. So learning, I think, also keeps your mind open to new opportunities. Absolutely. And the other thing is no experience is wasted. So everything we've learned previously, sometimes five, ten years ago, we find out by the time we go into a new venture, that knowledge forms like a foundation or it forms like an it gives us a leverage or an opportunity to then make things click a lot quicker. So, Baba, I mean, when you look back on your life, I mean, you've got huge achievements, moving to countries and you're taking on other cultures as well as becoming a parent. If you saw that young lad playing in the streets, like you said, in uh, Nigeria, what was the biggest uh, piece of advice you think that would uh, you could give him? One of the, the biggest advice I'll give my, my younger self will be to take things easy and not be too hard on myself, which I can only share in retrospect now because mm -hmm. I'm one of those that want um, things to happen. I'll, I'll spend however long and sometimes I don't slow down. Sometimes I don't even take a minute to breathe from one success onto the next one. So if I could speak to myself, one of the main things I would say is to enjoy the moment more and take things easier. 
Good, good point and, and very, very important because I don't think, you know, when, when we're especially entrepreneurs, we don't seem to have the same celebrations of success. We we put the goals, we get there and then we go, okay, go on to the next one. We don't actually take that time to celebrate the achievement. Yes, and I think that is probably one of the things that will deplete our tanks quicker than we know. It doesn't look like it it looks like oh i've achieved this let me move on on to the next one but actually taking time to so i'm not a medical person i don't have all the research but there is something about gratitude there is something about just being present in the moment there is something about taking in that success being grateful for it which serves like an energy which serves like fuel to energize us as we move on and when we don't stop, when we don't pause, when we don't take that time to acknowledge that achievement and be grateful for it in that moment, we actually rob ourselves of the energy that we need on the next phase of the journey. And I think that's something that lots of entrepreneurs don't do very well, myself mm -hmm. as a case in point. Right. So, Baba, you're in a, a business at the moment working with dads, trying to get a work-life balance. So wh what are you actually doing within this at the moment? So what I'm doing in this space is uh, a couple, a few things. Number one is raising awareness, because as we said at the start of this session, we men, we don't speak out as much as we should. And sometimes there is an element of stigma around asking for help raising your hand to say hey i need help and also sharing our stories and one of the things i've learned and i'm learning is if i share my story it helps someone else to open up share their story or maybe even ask for help so one part of that is awareness another part that i'm working on is creating a community for dads, especially the busy, high energy, go, go, go dads, an environment where they can come and exhale, you know, where people understand where they are coming from. If they say, I've just been up all day writing this proposal or something without judgment. And while we're not going to be medical people providing medical help, but just that community of people that will understand where you're coming from, what you're saying, what you're doing and the third part of that is offering coaching for dads that will really like someone to work with them on that journey of going from overwhelmed from being out of balance to being centered to uh, having better work life balance and also being there for their family and more importantly looking after their health because there is no point making all the money at the expense of your health uh, very, very much so. And Baba, I know you've done an awful lot and you've been virtually almost around the world in some ways. So what have, is there for you for the future? That's an amazing question. And that's a big question. So in, in terms of what, what I see for the future, I would love to see a world where dads don't feel pressured for whatever reason whether it's the society whether it's themselves to have to earn at the expense of their health or at the expense of the family time that's one of the things i would really like to see 
And secondly, I also love to see a world where people can fulfill their potentials irrespective of their starting point in life. And people knowing that if they have the right support, if they have the right help and they put their minds to what they want to do, they can really go whichever way they want to go. Obviously, as long as it's for the good of humanity, it's for the good of people. I think that is a world I would really like to see. And one more thing I have always desired is to have... Um, I know in the UK, in the West, we have clean potable water running out of the tap. And it's not something we really do think about. But in developing world, some places don't have good clean water. And I would like in my lifetime to have like 10,000 boreholes, machines that can pump water from the ground in different communities over the world. So that will be one thing I would really love to see in my lifetime. Wow, that, that's a, a big goal as well. <laughs> it's a massive goal and I'm sure uh, I will not do it all by myself. So I'll share it with some people along the way and <laughs> they will buy into the vision and we will do it together, hopefully. No, that's, that's brilliant. So, Baba, how can people get in touch with you? I think the best way for people to connect with me is to search for me on Facebook, primarily, um, and that's B-A-B-A-T-U-N-J-I. I think my name will be on the podcast as well. If people just search me out on Facebook and send me a friend request, that would be a great way for us to get a conversation going. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, re- I realise that uh, you're doing an awful lot of work and uh, you're getting out and about, oh, well, virtually an awful <laughs> lot, <laughs> even if we're not physically doing as much as we should be doing. But thank you so much for your time and your insights. It's been really, really lovely to have you here today. Thank you so very much for having me, Linda. It's really been um, a wonderful experience for me coming on, on here today. And thank you all for joining us. It's been another wonderful uh, learning from life and Baba's given us so many different insights. And just I will just apologise if you've got sort of scratchy noise somewhere through here. But uh, I've, I'm cat sitting and my cat has decided that he wants to scratch the floor up and run about every time I get on the, the microphone. So <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's one of the virtues of being at home. So thank you so much for joining us and it's been great to be with you. But please take care of yourself we are in uncertain times uh, but the person you need to look after most is yourself so for me until next time stay safe stay well and bye for now thank you for listening this podcast was recorded in conjunction with the chapel fm art center and east leeds fm radio station for more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk. And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.lindasage.com. Also on all the other social medias.